and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. Restrictions on face-to-face gatherings have led to a surge in virtual meetings. But while the same engaging sponsorship opportunities of live events might not be available when things go virtual, there are still plenty of creative ways to incorporate sponsor branding, exposure, messaging, and complete visual sponsorship packages for your digital events. I'm Alex Palmer, Deputy Editor of North Star Meetings Group, and on today's episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, we feature a pair of experts on virtual sponsorships. First is Carrie McIntosh, Senior Vice President of Events for the Castle Group, a full-service event management and PR firm based in Boston, who's been working with clients to develop creative sponsor programs for those that have to move their events online. Well, I think the good news is that they, you know, sponsors are still eager to get in front of your audience. And there are many ways in the virtual space uh, to do that, and perhaps even with higher benefits because of the metrics, the, the, the digital footprint that people are leaving when they attend your event. Uh, so we've seen that is one of the really great benefits of sponsoring virtually. Well, I also think, you know, people are used to going to the live events, you know, and they used to seeing the sponsor signs and whatnot. And like you said, there are ways now in the virtual space to get really creative and put your sponsor's logo or name in front of the attendees in kind of an unexpected way. Uh, There are things that certainly cross over. You know, I think one of the things we advise our clients is first things first, look at, you know, if you're looking for sponsorship, if you've had an event before, what have you done in the past that can translate to the virtual setting? And, you know, things that would cross over, you know, the pre-event marketing, the logo placement on your save the dates, your invitations, your registration website, um, other visual opportunities, such as digital signage, you know, they're not in the physical conference space anymore, but they're on the virtual event platform. Um, So those things translate. Other things like, you know, sponsor slides between your speakers, uh, you know, main stage, you know, when you're at a live event, you know, as people are taking a break or whatever, the, the sponsor slides go on, you can still do that in the virtual setting. And of course, you know, your speakers to thank the sponsors from the quote unquote podium speak, you know, a partner or a sponsor, sponsoring keynote or to have them as as a panelist. Other things we've seen that translate are video ads, you know, as a teaser, as a marketing teaser prior to the event or even between content that works. And, you know, in terms of as long as it's compelling and interactive and impactful, then, you know, like I said about the attention span, you know, people... Hopefully the sponsors, you know, have a really impactful video ad between the, uh, the sessions to keep things lively. And I imagine just with the, the video, there's the advantage from my own just limited experience with, with webcasts. It's just breaking it up. If you have speakers and then you shift to a video, that actually can get people to perk up sometimes. It's just that change of tone, maybe there's some music behind it, kind of shifting things up a little bit. Yes, raises the energy. And then there's also, you know, in terms of selling those sponsorships, there's different pr- that placement opportunities. So a premium placement for those video ads would be prior to your keynote, that's a more premium placement than say at the end of the de- end of the session or something like that. So you can tier platinum, gold, silver, or however, 
And um, if you're looking at ways to slice and dice it, that's a, it's a nice way to do that as well to look at. Yeah. And that, that tiered approach was something else you'd, you'd brought up. Maybe they can have, the sponsor could have exclusive access to, to certain VIP areas or networking, breakout spaces, things like that. Depends, depending on the platform, um, it's a great way to do it. There are some really great virtual reality platforms out there that almost look like you're walking through a conference space that have exhibit halls and, and a main stage or general session theater. And then they have a lounge, a networking lounge, and that could all be branded. It also has the opportunity on some of these platforms to have one-on-one chats, uh, which is very valuable you know, sharing kind of business cards virtually. Uh, something I've, I've heard folks do is, is incorporating various games or giveaways or contests, which is something that, you know, that at a live event, sure, that's always fun if you have like something at the front. But I think also it's a virtual event. It does. I, I've been surprised by how engaged people can be when you announce a giveaway. You know, the chat just blows up when people are, you know, typing in answers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. People love it. People, yes, for sure. People love contests and games. And actually, you know, I was mentioning these virtual reality platforms, but even not if it's, you know, not a platform um, that has a virtual reality is, is more of a, uh, a standard webcast or, or you can do what we found, you know, as people log on, you can have a countdown, virtual countdown to the meeting event. So it gives a little pe- time and space for people Similar to when you would go to a movie theater and there's ads prior to the show and you have popcorn and and, and whatnot, um, but you can do contests prior. So it, it really, it encourages people to get to the event on time and log in. And these contests can be promoted prior to the event. And then going back to the virtual reality setting, there are areas where you can kind of do a scavenger hunt throughout the event. And you see a certain thing in maybe it's a, you know, a, a little plant or, you know, something that's planted in the virtual reality and they, they collect all of those things. There's a leaderboard that shows the entire time and people's names are up there on, on how many of they've collected and, and whatnot. So really clever things. Again, these are all unique to the, the live space and, and people are, they get a little charge out of it. You know, one of the things that we like is this idea of a digital swag bag, you know, because attendees really love swag and digital and mobile friendly. And also it's very, you know, it's a green alternative to the traditional, you know, bag that you carry around a show. And it could be actually prior to the event, they, they get it or during the event after the close, but it's, you know, you send it to your attendees, either via text or email, or they have apps for it, or even on your, your site as a link. Bags can be filled with sponsor, sponsored items, whether those are offers or promotions or even products. People can click on the links to download or to receive those that swag. So again, it's that metric. You can, you know, your sponsor will know how many downloads and whatnot, and it's a great way to engage and, um, you know, provide a little, a little goodie. There are there certain uh, companies you've worked with to to create that kind of a, an opportunity or something that you've you've seen. There are several out there. One is virtual event bags which is one of many. And also I mean, you can put together your own as well. You know, you can just do downloads and whatnot. It d- depends on how high tech, low tech you want to you go there. So just links, I mean, links will do it, whether those are just coupons or whatever. But yeah, there are, there are several out there in the market. 
You mentioned the human touch is, you know, right now or this in this period of isolation. And another thing we have seen and are doing with clients is sending an engagement kit or a pre-conference mailer uh, that the materials inside can be sponsored, whether that's a water bottle or branded earbuds or, or something that can be used to help engage or help create an experience for the guests during their their virtual conference. And it adds a level, level of human touch, has a lasting impression. So whether those are in terms of Again, budget, you can go low, low end or high end. You can send a really nice, especially if a company is celebrating an anniversary or whatnot, you can send an anniversary gift. But also we've seen companies do this wear and share. So if you're sending out apparel, t-shirt or whatnot, and there's a sponsored break, it's, you know, wear a t-shirt, take a photo, post it on social media, win a prize. You know, these are really powerful as well. And again, they're unique and fun. Yeah. And interactive. Um, one, something else we've heard more about is getting that F and B element in there. So maybe sending someone a, you know, cocktail kit or a, a bottle of wine or some coffee or something like that. And then having a virtual happy hour or virtual coffee break where everyone can kind of break that out and, you know, be enjoying that just shared moment with the other attendees. There've been some great cocktail recipes that have been passed. That is a great sponsored opportunity there, you know, have a, a mixologist, pre-record a, a cocktail class, you know, send the recipe out for the cocktail in, in advance. It could be a signature cocktail for the conference or the event and make it really fun, have branding in the background. You know, even the shaker can be branded. Um, it, of course, it has to be the right fit for the organization, but um, it's a great way of doing it. I mean, it doesn't have to even be cocktails. It can be the virtual happy hour, it can be sponsored entertainment, something that just gives a little levity to the, the conference content. So if you have maybe three or four education sessions going throughout the day to have a musician that just breaks it up uh, or other, you know, just trivia or like some sort of fun activity that gets people to loosen up a little bit. Well, even when, it, you know, we're dealing with education clients, it's nice to bring in the, the musical act from that organization, uh, something that ties in, you know, that's a feel good piece that again, could be sponsored and it, it, it kind of, solidifies the whole message. So we've, we've seen that and that's really nice, but it could be, you know, if someone really, for example, a sponsorship opportunity, a high end entertainer can come in and, and do a show and, and really draw, you know, draw traffic to your event. So that can also be used as a sponsorship opportunity. So many of these, uh, they're, they're additive. They're, they're create, making the virtual event more engaging, more fun, while also having the extra benefit of making the sponsor happy and giving them a great opportunity to get their message out. Do you think that's kind of a, a good rule of thumb with any kind of a sponsor? Oh, for sure. You know, this is where the strategy and counsel comes in. We advise our clients, who is your audience? How do they want to be engaged? What type of messaging? What's the tone? We, as I mentioned, we work in all different industries. It would be much different, like I said, from an education client to a healthcare to a consumer goods, you know, or, or you know, a nonprofit to a corporate. So it really does matter to take the audience into consideration. And even that, even from the digital swag bag, what would they like to see? What would, would make their experience in the virtual setting better? Um, so it really does start from the audience as well. More broadly, where, what are you hearing from sponsors when you're talking to them? What are their priorities when you're you know, pitching this? Is like, here's a, obviously you'd have liked to have a live event sponsorship, but here's what we're proposing. I think yes. I mean, the, the short answer is yes. I mean, right now, this is new for everyone in terms of everything going online. 
So, you know, it's a bit of uncharted territory for most in terms of, you know, sponsors and the clients is what, you know, the, the hosting organization. So it's a little bit of trial and error, but I, I think the, as I mentioned earlier, the metrics are what really are important and also just the partnerships that you're creating. I don't think there's been much resistance, you know, and I think after this year, especially when clients have transitioned to virtual or have a virtual event under their belt, they can go back and say, hey, look at the value. Look at what how much viewership there was or how many downloads or whatnot. And, and that will just help tweak it moving forward. And there's there's so many other ways. One of the ideas is this graphic facilitation, which is really bringing the sponsor into the content as well. Again, it has to be the right fit, like you mentioned. This graphic facilitation is really an engaging way. I had mentioned about virtual audiences being, you know, there's when you're when you're online, there's a lot more distractions and whatnot. People just sitting at their computer, or the doorbell rings or whatever. There is a company that does this called graphic facilitation, and it's basically a it's almost like a caricature when you're when you're sitting doing a you know a caricature artist it's an animated way of taking for example a panel discussion and graphically recording it it's on the screen while everyone's in the meeting and it could be side by side with the speakers and so as people are coming up with ideas and concepts they're actually drawing as they go, uh, the, the company's name is Image Thank. They're based out of Brooklyn. And it's really nice because the sponsored logo can be on there the whole time on the screen <laughs> while this is being graphically recorded. And then you're left with this really fun image of how the thought process went. You're watching it kind of evolve graphically. And then that can be either sent out electronically after or put on a t-shirt, you know, again, sponsored. So that's a really interesting way of uh, bringing the content back to the attendee as well. Uh, well, this was great, Carrie. I think this kind of covered a lot of ground, tons of great ideas. Is there anything else you think should be mentioned? Any other experiences you've had with making this shift, finding ways to get that sponsor message out there in a virtual way? Well, like I said at the beginning, it's been certainly eventful. <laughs> um, really like in Fast and Furious, which is, you know, that's what uh, event planners are, are good at. And um, we're grateful that, you know, uh, we've had the opportunity to work with so many of our clients to transition and, uh, you know, create a successful event in the virtual space. For additional insight, we're also sharing some comments from Beth Sermon, Director of Experience Design for 360 Live Media. She recently presented at a live North Star Meetings group webcast about boosting audience engagement at virtual events and took a few minutes to speak specifically about event virtual sponsorships. I've been trying to build a list of 100 uh, engagement ideas, and I'm up to 89. And <laughs> uh, I know, I'm almost there. But it's, it's a lot of things that are popping up recently. I feel like now I'm seeing them all the time, you know, online board games and escape rooms and just different ways people are either adapting what they already have to connect with each other or creating something new to connect with each other. So in terms of tools, I, I definitely recommend that people start Googling and, and you'll be surprised at, at all the things that come up. We've been thinking about what's the the number for audience engagement in a virtual space. And when you get into like the smaller groups, what we find is it's, it's 
somewhere around 10 to 15 people. Uh, I like to say the number of people who can sit around uh, a round table. So, you know, 10 to 12 or maybe a little bit more. Uh, so when you're going into a breakout space, um, it seems that groups of that size uh, tend to be the most successful because people can sort of all see each other on the screen and, and engage with each other and have the opportunity to be heard uh, within that breakout session. So being mindful of the time, I just want to uh, shift a little bit to uh, talking about funding. And it seems like it's a little off from our, our, our topic, but we included it for two reasons. One, it, we had several of the pre-source questions ask about um, registration pricing and sponsorship. Uh, but two, engagement actually goes hand in hand uh, with sponsorship. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with the term, you know, butts and seats, it's, it's the number of attendees that, that you sell to the sponsors. Uh, but it's actually now in this new space, it's eyeballs on screens, right? At the end of the day, no matter what uh, you're selling to your sponsors and partners, what they're really buying is access to your audience. And you can still provide them access to the audience in this virtual space. In fact, in some cases, you can provide them with even better access. Uh, a really great example of this is a virtual business exchange. So this is where people are match made up ahead of time and can schedule appointments to talk to each other. And it's engaging because in a uh, virtual space, I can't really wander a trade show floor as an attendee and seek out what I want. It's really, you know, you're just scrolling through screens of, of logos. But if I can be, if I can say, here are the things that I am looking for, and they'd be matched up with providers that offer those things, then I can go into my virtual conference knowing that I have got some potential products to look at. And from the seller side, from the sponsor side, I can go into that event knowing that I have meetings with qualified leads already set up. Uh, so in this case, both the attendee uh, and the sponsor are engaged. Another model to think about is uh, the idea of a freemium or premium model. Some of you might be familiar with this through something like Spotify uh, or Pandora, where you can listen to uh, music uh, with some limited access, and then you also agree to listen to ads. Or you can pay a higher level uh, to have the access to listen to whatever you want without any ads at all. Uh, and, and that's a model that you can think about with your virtual content as well. As an attendee, I might you know, want that lower registration price point, so I agree to hear commercials from the sponsors. Uh, but maybe I can afford to pay a little bit more, and I'm fine paying that in order to have the type of access that I want. And then just to tie it back to connecting attendees and engaging attendees, there are all kinds of ways that you can bring people together. And you know, like I said, we're working on a, on a list of 100, but here are just uh, 10 to tell you about. Some of these are pretty uh, straightforward, uh, a game night, a talent show, a book club, escape room. You're putting people in space and giving them something to do with each other. Uh, Icebreaker is a, it's a type of game that people can play where they get matched up in a giant uh, chat room and they get paired off with each other and have small conversations. Uh, a watch party, people really just getting together to watch something uh, and then, you know, spending time in the chat commenting on it. Uh, there's a Netflix extension for that on Chrome, but you could also uh, run it uh, through your virtual tool. Breakfast sessions, uh, they don't have to take place at breakfast, but they are small group sessions. We'll have the opportunity to chat with each other in a smaller space, share problems and, and issues and concerns. Uh, expert chats are, are similar to that. 
555 is another format that I like. It's where you put people into breakout rooms. Five people, five questions, five minutes. Uh, so they go going into the room. They're going to have five questions to answer. They go in, they spend their time, and they come back. It's nice and sort of quick energy burst. Uh, and then virtual wine tasting I always include because I just think it's such a great idea. It doesn't have to be wine. It can be coffee or beer or anything like that. And there's a number of different ways to execute it from shipping it to people yourselves or asking people to come go and purchase the same thing. And you can have sommeliers or bartenders or baristas actually be a part of your event and instruct people uh, about whatever it is they're tasting. Uh, so it's just another fun thing to add. We are at uh, 2.45, so I think now, Alex, we were going to go ahead and go into uh, some of the questions. Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone listening on the call, feel free to add additional questions to the Q&A section or pop them into audience chat. Covered a lot of ground today, a lot of great takeaways. Beth, you'd outlined a handful of different ways that you can connect virtually. Virtual game night, expert chats, the 555 idea. What have been your experiences with these? Was was there any, someone asked specifically to, for a little more detail about the virtual escape room, what, what that involves. And, and I was just curious, in general, were there any of these that really surprised you that really took off with, with attendees that you'd say maybe are, are ones that folks listening may not have thought about that they should really consider? Yeah, so there's there's three that really surprised me. Uh, and it all depends, again, on personality of your audience. You don't want to force uh, something on an audience that's not going to enjoy it. Uh, the escape room, there's actually a lot of them now. Some of them are sort of kits that you get yourself and you uh, follow a set of instructions and you just put people in breakout rooms and have a facilitator lead them through it. There are others where you have an actual host uh, that will lead it for you. And it's just like the in-person escape room. There's puzzles that you have to solve. And really the goal is uh, when you put people into a breakout space, you need to give them something to do. Uh, you can't just kind of put them in there and hope that they engage with each other. So that's one. Uh, the virtual talent show has been a huge surprise. And then, again, it, it depends on the personality of the audience. Um, but I'm continually surprised by, you know, how many people have play musical instruments, for example, or juggle, or they've decided to try to learn the harmonica during quarantine. So having people sign up in advance and you just broadcast this for, you know, it, it's not hours long, but, you know, maybe it's taking the place of your reception. And, you know, people can cheer and clap and just sort of chat with each other and have fun watching people perform. That's been a really great one. And then the book club is another one that I think has really taken off. And I, I saw a few people commenting in the chat, somebody mentioned The Art of Gathering, which is one of my all-time favorite books uh, at the moment. Um, you know, giving people the opportunity to read something and then, again, get together in a small group. Um, we did those in the morning over coffee for one of our groups, and uh, it was 12 people to a group. I think they had four or five running at the same time, and they just got in there, had conversation. It was just a really pleasant way to start the day. Uh, we didn't think many people would sign up, and it ended up being sold out the entire week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us, and check back for new episodes soon.